Welcome to the Swim is Cancelled podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Christina Roberts, owner of Enflight. Thanks for joining me for episode six. I'm really excited to get to my guest, but first I wanted to share a little bit about Enflight. It is my company that I launched last year. It's born from my personal desire to share a connection of mind-body with athletes My primary mission is to support the athlete with specialized programming, focusing more on recovery, prehab, other mindfulness techniques that can help elevate endurance performance. That's all the good stuff. That's the magic, friends. My offerings include yoga programming, endurance coaching, both run and try, and breath work, something I'm really getting into beyond the scope of my yoga practice. I'm excited to share what I do in my own personal breathing journey with you and the athletes that are interested, check me out on Instagram, send me an email, info at nflight.com, that's E-N-F-L-Y-T-E dot com. My guest today is Bert Gullman. He is a technical trainer, race director, and a partner in the Rochester-based Tri-Club Wolfpack Multisport. Bert and I talked through his early days in sport, an adult challenge to qualify for Boston, marching band, race directorship, his role with Verizon, and Wolfpack's work to build the sport, even though their in-person races were canceled and he's rocking the virtual racing. I enjoy the time we had together. I didn't have an opportunity to see Bert, but his smile is just infectious. I could feel it through the phone. I know we could have been talking for hours, but... We all have a lot of other things on our plate, friends. I hope you enjoy this. Bert's information, everyone he gives kudos to, will be in the show notes. Here's Bert. If you wouldn't mind, start by introducing yourself. Give me your, you know, high level, this is Bert, and we can take it from there. Uh, so it is, uh, Bert Gallman. Um, I don't know if you want me to tell you where everybody I'm from, but, uh, yeah, do it. Rochester based in Rochester, New York. Um, and I guess the big piece here would be that, uh, my day job is not, uh, any of this. So I think I know we were live, so you probably heard I'd uh, train for Verizon yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, everything and anything technology. So 5G, 4G LTE, um, the backbone of your IT infrastructure, um, any of that type of stuff. I can pretty much tell you exactly where it's supposed to go and how it's supposed to be set up. Uh, but I'm not in the troubleshooting area. So it's a little different because I can tell you where the communication is supposed to go. And then if it's broken, uh, I can tell you probably where it's broken, but I can't tell you how to fix it necessarily yeah. uh, to work again. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, interesting. I live in the, I live in the clouds of, Hey, this is how everything should work. And then um, 
when it doesn't work, everybody's like, so why doesn't it work? And you're like, so uh, I'm not the person for that. Yeah. So I'll get you to somebody else. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, it is. It's a good time. Uh, what else? Um, I run Wolfpack Multisport as a hobby slash kind of serious, um, which is probably a good chunk of why we're here uh, is to talk about that side of the house. So right now we run uh, events. We did the Silver Serpent Triathlon last year. Uh, we just took over two running races from one of my good friends who is uh, retiring and moving out of state. So he gave those to me. Oh, that's um, awesome. And it is. It is. I'm excited. And then uh, we're probably, I know you said no races are happening, but I think we're going to uh, put on a small little triathlon here locally. Uh, we just got the okay from the state to do it. And so I think we are going to run it uh, at the end of September. Um, but we'll see, because obviously with the, the news from baseball and yeah. that stuff, everything is uh, everything's up in the air to see if uh, if all of that stuff is going to be pulled back now. So, yeah, that baseball um, news was uh, shocking, not shocking. Yeah, yeah. I thought they did a pretty good job of isolating, but yeah. apparently, uh, apparently not. So that'll be, that'll make things interesting for sure. I, um, um, oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the last thing is, uh, we're bringing on a coach, Ooh, um, so I love that. a young lady who is going to lead our coaching side of the house. And, uh, we are doing that as well. So that's really exciting. Cool. Well, I appreciate you saying that, um, you know, why we're here right now, you and I, and, you know, what you do during the day is not obviously this, which I think might be more of your passion. And hobby is it for me, hobby is the wrong word for it. I don't know what the word is. I feel like it's more, um, lifestyle, but not in that soft way, if that makes sense. Yes. I think, I mean, it makes sense to me because I'm in it. Yeah, um, you're in it. Well, when did you get into it? Uh, so that's a good question. Um, because uh, it started probably, I think we're, I think it was 10 years ago-ish. Uh, and it was a funny, well, I think it's funny because, uh, you should never, uh, drink on New Year's Eve or Christmas parties. Sorry, not New Year's Eve. You never drink at Christmas parties. That's right. Uh, and then talk to somebody who's a runner because that then turns into poor decisions. It sure does. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I was never, uh, I shouldn't say that. So let's start back at, at high school. I was a sprinter in high school. Okay. Um, cool. One of the, one of the fastest sprinters at the time. Uh, in Rochester. And then when I went to college, just kind of stopped because, you know, I wasn't good enough to be at college, but I was, yeah. good. Uh, I was decent. So didn't do a whole lot of college, didn't do a whole lot of anything um, necessarily active wise. So I kind of dropped off the face of the earth with that, you know, it was every so often, Hey, look, Oh, look, we have a, we have a gym. I should probably go. <laughs> oh, look, this is fun. Okay. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that uh, that was college, 
And then, uh, and then 10 years ago, um, Christmas party was talking to my best friend's wife and, uh, one of his sister's boyfriends at the time came up and was like, Oh, are you guys talking about running? We were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like we're probably, you know, like now we're running a little bit, but you know, it's cool. And he's like, Oh yeah, I went up and, uh, I went to the Boston or I went to some, some marathon and didn't train or anything. Just figured I'd see how it went. And I qualified for Boston. What? Yeah. Those people we are, like, the, those are unicorns in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I qualified. I just went up and, you know, like didn't do anything. Didn't have any nutrition. Didn't do, you know, just went up and was like, let's see how far I can go. And then all of a sudden <laughs> there I was qualified. <laughs> Easy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, and then, of course, you know, then, like I said, you shouldn't make decisions while you're at a Christmas party drinking. Because um, then you're like, no way, that's not real. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, at that point, we didn't really have cell phones to show each other, like, hey, here's the pictures or anything. So yeah. we just had to kind of trust, we just kind of had to trust him. And, uh, and that's where, that's where we started. We we're like, if he could just show up and do a marathon, we can trade for one and qualify. It'll be awesome. <laughs> and, uh, that was the that was the time. Let, needless to say, I've never ran the Boston Marathon. So, yeah, that's all you need to know about. That's all you need to know about my drunken, my drunken stupor of we're gonna do this. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, same here. You know, it's kind of funny because um, I, I always think to myself, I am so faster than Usain Bolt over the duration of a marathon, right? Because he's only been training for short stints. So even though it was years past your high school days, I'm sure you have bursts of um, that type of acceleration, but sustaining that over the course of 26.2 miles uh, is something real special, real special. It is. That I don't really think I'm interested in, in anymore, to be honest. I, I love my, <laughs> I love my happy taste. <laughs> See, I am not. I went running yesterday and it was a disaster. And I was like, what is happening? Why can I not run anymore? Yeah. Well, yeah. You'll get it back, you know. I hope so. Did I'm little, you? I'm a little nervous. Oh, you know what? You need to breathe a little bit. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Well, always. My bike, my bike end is starting to pick up. You know, I, like, eh. I, um, I'm not a great cyclist, and I also don't like going out on the road at all. And I, for the so for my half Ironman last May, I did one training ride outside. All of my, you know, 60, 70 mile rides were all on a trainer, and, okay. and I'll. I will tough that out just because I'm most comfortable on the trainer. So I, just, I have a lot of friends that are like that. Do you? You are definitely, yeah, you're definitely not the only one. Okay. I, you know, honestly, I felt like I was the only one I was flipping through because I really got into Zwift um, since this uh, whole lockdown situation and I'll do um, you know, I started doing some training rides and then, you know, John said something about doing a race. I'm like, oh, please, I don't want to race. Well, I do a crit race at least once a week because I love that. And uh, I'm trying to, to climb Everest so I can get the glow bike. That's it. That's that's the extent of uh, my excitement. But um, 
There was a, I think there was an 80 mile ride that was scheduled for yesterday in Zwift. And my mind went, oh yeah, that's totally doable. I'm really excited. Uh, but I did not do 80 miles yesterday, <laughs> but it's, it's coming. Uh, it's coming. Come on. Why not? Right. Exactly. Yeah, I have, I have a good, I have a friend up in Canada who was on, uh, the Tri Mafia team with us. Yeah, that she did. She did Cozumel, and she never rode outside once until Cozumel. Yeah, that was the full. So she wow. was doing the same thing. She was doing like 120 miles in yeah. the hours on Zwift. Yep. Wow. And That's she awesome. did great. She did great. That's awesome. Yeah. I have. So you went from being a better than decent high school sprinter, and then you went to college and had some realization that it wasn't going to happen. Were you disappointed? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Um, you know, I talked to the track guy and he was like, well, you know, you can come out and check it out. And um, I don't think I was in the right frame of mind to okay. do that stuff um, at that point. So I think it was, you know, I think it was better. Um, you know, there was, I think it was better. I think it was better that I didn't do that and didn't get into that. I would have now, I, I do regret not continually working out and trying to be faster and yeah. stay in shape and all that stuff. Cause I look back at pictures and I was like, holy moly, who is that? Yeah. Person? Not to be crude, but you know, I could say that about myself, but I was like, you, oh, yeah. that's, that's a little more than Husky. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, um, right. Like, oh goodness. Did you um did you do any other activities? Like, did you do marching band in college or was that just high school? Oh yeah. No, I was full blown. I, I my major is uh my degree is in music. Oh, so Where music did you go to school? Please say Ithaca, please say Ithaca. <laughs> no, no, no. I went out to Ohio, Kent State. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Um yeah. you know, I, I say that all yeah, man. I, I was in the I was going to say, I, I was only saying that because um, I visited Ithaca and I was uh, going to go there, uh, or I, it was one of my three options, and I got a music scholarship there. So that would have been funny if our paths were supposed to cross earlier in life. Um, yeah, that would have been cool. But now right. the school sucks, so that thanks a lot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what were you? What do you? You got a scholarship in music? I did. Yeah. I was in marching band in high school. Um, and I started out as piccolo. Um, I had, I played a couple other instruments, but I really wanted to play piccolo and marching band. And at my, during my junior year, I was really attracted to pit percussion. Um, not just, you know, cymbals and a, a friggin' slapstick, but the whole kit and caboodle around pit marimba your gong your vibraphone the um you know the the tambourine so you could rock out like you know stevie nicks um xylophone all those really great kit toys so um yeah and then i was this is so dorky i was pit percussion section leader my senior year we had a great group of um you know both you know male and female and we partnered really well with the drum team or the, the drum team, the, um, the drum line, super great, you know, uh, experience. And yeah, I had this, what I think is a incredible audition 
uh, that we taped on VHS of, uh, of Vibraphone solo. And I sent it out to all the schools and I got a couple of responses. And one of them was Ithaca. I went to Wagner College in Staten Island, New York, and the kicker of, you know, my music scholarship was I, I just needed to participate in something. I didn't need to major in music. I took a couple music classes and realized I cannot write music for shit. I can play it, but I can't write. I'm out. And I changed my major. <laughs> wow. Nice. Yeah, yeah that was, uh, Interesting. So counter me, tell me, give me your uh, band experience. <laughs> no, mine was good. Uh, I was I was music all through uh, high school, all through, as soon as I could pick up and play a saxophone, I was hooked and done. And cool. it was, that was my calling apparently up until uh, now where we are now. Um, yeah, it was, it was, I was a marching band, but although I was the, I was the one crossover for marching band to athlete. Yeah, that is I weird. Was, I played football. Yeah, I played football. I did, uh, you know, I did track. I did, uh, I played hockey for a hot minute. I played, you know, anything I could do that was yeah. uh, outdoorsy. I was doing it. And then I was also doing the marching band and doing jazz band and concert band and all that oh, stuff. Wow. Yeah, um, I love jazz band. Yeah, it was great. It was good. It was good. And uh, it was good because it was, I don't know, I felt like it was the, um, I was kind of that go-between for everybody, right? It was nobody really messed with the marching band when I was there because, you know, because I was the jock. Yeah. So we were like, oh, Bert's in there. Bert's in there. It should be, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to mess with that. Yeah. No, Bert's it's cool. Like, it's Bert. cool. So, yeah. You know, that's really fascinating that um because I in my experience, jocks were not in marching band because marching band was dorky no. and so not cool. It was everything else and marching band um just didn't fit the bill or or meet the the expectations of being quote a sport or a legitimate activity. Yeah, that's really fascinating. So did you, or do you view marching band as a sport? Huh, I do now. Uh, I don't think what we, what I did when I was younger or what we did when we were younger uh, was as intense as what it is now. Yeah. Um, and I say that because I did, uh, so I did marching band and it was, you know, it was fun. We had a, we had a lot of good times, but then I did, uh, my uncle owned and ran a drum corps. So he owned the Patriots drum corps. Uh, oh, get out. Yeah. And so then when I went there, it was then I considered it an athletic sport because it was, I mean, we'd go for 16 hour days for the entire summer, starting June 26th until uh, the third week of August. We were yeah. outside literally almost 16 hours a day working our butts off and then that's when i was like this is kind of a sport huh who knew i'm in really good shape yeah i i agree i'm so excited you said that um my marching band experience in high school was was a little bit more intense we did spend a lot of time outside um we had more practice um practices and practice durations than um any other sport in the school and 
I think that there's a sense of um, sportsmanship that comes inherently with marching band. It's not just, you know, respect for you and how you fit into the bigger piece of the formation, the, um, you know, the, the everything about it. And then that respect with your peer, with your, you know, your line, with your peers, with the color guard, because we all picked on the color guard, even though we were all one band. Um, <laughs> and then the people, you know, your, your drum major, your, um, all your supporting staff, then you have officials out on the field if you're doing competitive marching and, um, you yeah. know, folks that you're, you're up against. I think there's a lot of strategy to it and definitely a physical component. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. And, and like drum corps is, is next level. I yes. think drum corps is it's such a, a huge emotional, physical and time commitment. It's really incredible. It is. Uh, and, and that's, I think, where the difference was for us, because we never, our band director in high school never believed that we should be, um, be, be in the competition realm. So I think that's why we were, right, I never viewed it as a sport until I got to the competition piece. Because yeah, it that was, makes sense. It was just fun. Yeah, right? Like, oh, yeah, we're just going to do this on a Friday night for the for the football team. Woohoo! Yeah. Oh, look, we're going to do a couple parades. You know, sure. it, yeah. wasn't a, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool, though. Um, wow. Where do I go from here? <laughs> well, when was the last time you picked up your saxophone? Uh, Facebook just reminded me it was uh, about six years ago uh, that I did. Uh, so I have good friends still that are um, that are very involved uh, in music. Most of them, a good chunk of them are music teachers. So uh, he got me going into a gig because I play Barry sax pretty, yeah. pretty well. Um, and uh, he was, one day he was like, hey, so I play in this big band and they, they need somebody to fill in every so often. And I was like, uh, I don't know. And he was like, come on, it'll be fun. Like, we'll play together. It'll be awesome. And so I started traveling, right? Because uh, I'm sure, well, I'm sure we've talked a lot, but yeah, uh, I travel a lot for work. You sure do. So I'm on the road quite a bit. And so I was traveling with my horn for a walk for a while. That's cool. Um, and I, I was practicing in the hotel rooms, you know, like, oh, yeah, hey, I'm going to go eat dinner and then I got to go because I got to go play to get ready for a gig. And so uh played a few gigs with the jazz band and uh, and that was it. That was it. Once that stopped and travel got crazier, um, I couldn't fill in as much. And then he just, the guy who ran it was, all right, if I can't get a hold of you for a couple times, then you're out. Yeah. And that was it. That's great though. What about you? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I actually broke out my flute sometime in April. Um, it was probably early April where, you know, all our worlds just started crashing around us. And, uh, some woman on, um, our private, uh, tri-team page posted a video of her playing the flute. And I've known her for 
at least five years. And I was like, I had no idea you played. She goes, Oh yeah. I said, Oh yeah, I've played too. She's like, Oh yeah, we should, you know, do a duet. I'm like, Oh God, man, I can't even tell you the last time I broke out my flute. And, and sure enough, the next day I took out my flute and I was like, let's see what I have. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't even remember like the fingering for this one note. And I was looking it up online, so I, I do need to get back to it. I really wanted to um, actually develop more of that a couple of years ago and got my, you know, flute completely, um, you know, repatted and, and tuned up, but I barely touched it. So um, I, damn it, I feel like a pressure. Okay, write this down. Bert need to play flute. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen. I haven't picked up my horn is downstairs and my kids are still like, are you going to play anytime for us? Cause we've never heard you. My yeah. Kids, you know, my, that's, that's funny. My, my kids have never heard me too. And for what originally used to be, um, you know, half of my lifetime, uh, not, not anymore. I'm flipping on the other side of the coin, but um, I heard nothing but music all the time. And it was, it was music that I made and my friends, you know, with me made around me. So it's, kind of interesting how you know I have a lot of people in my life now that have never heard me play and some people who probably have no idea I I played yeah uh, yeah right yeah I, I agree most people don't even know that I'm have a music degree because of all the technology stuff that uh that I train they're like did you go to school for like IT and all that like computer science and stuff I was like no <laughs> um I have a music degree and they were like I'm sorry what happened yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you're like, yeah, you heard me right. I said music. <laughs> yeah. You and I are way more alike than I thought. Um, my degree, because uh, I get asked, oh, you really went to school for this. I'm like, no, my uh, undergrad is in English literature. So I can help pick apart a poem and I can, you know, creatively write pretty well and I can recite a shit ton of Shakespeare, but yeah, I have no idea, um, uh, at least class-wise, uh, anything technology related. Okay. I can teach you. Don't worry. I can <laughs> teach people at Verizon. I can teach you. Well, that's what's really great. Um, I, and I think some of that transfers over into, um, you know, your race directorship because it's, in, Ooh, yeah, at least in my so. mind, right? It's it's a similar skill set for education and developing maybe a curriculum and updating materials and, and communicating with, you know, different types of customers. Like, tell me how, you know, your, your role at Verizon supports, you know, your successes as a race director. Yeah, so that's what I said. You, you would think that. Um, yeah. But it doesn't. Interesting. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, I think that and that's how I that's kind of how I knew that uh, race directing was was uh, my passion. Because I am not like, I, I do really well at work. I like I like technology. It's, it's exciting to me, you know, like all of the I just did some stuff with 5g um, last week and the week and, you know, obviously continuing it on and that stuff excites me, right? Like, I love doing that stuff. I love it. Um, but I don't, you know, like I, there are still times where I can catch myself and I'm like, oh yeah, I probably could have done that a little better. Ooh, I could have done that a little better. Um, 
you know, and I, and I, and I feel like I do it well and, and the feedback from participants and stuff is, is good with that stuff. Um, but I wouldn't say that I'm the most organized necessarily. <laughs> okay. Um, you're speaking my language. Yeah, right? is, I'm not organized. Yeah. Yeah. At all. Like, yeah, there's, <laughs> it's just, I'm just not. And then, uh, when we were planning for the serpent, uh, which was the first one it took, we planned, we started planning two years out. Uh, and you would, you would have thought that I was the most organized Virgo ever invented to man based off of everything that was done for that race. Uh, and that's when I knew that it was, this wasn't just, Hey, look, this is fun. That's when I knew that that's what I needed to do. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and, and it just continues on. It's literally, I, that I could tell you exactly, you know, I can tell you anything you want about the races, about setting up races, about how we're going to do things, where transition is going to be, how the flow is going to work, um, who I've already contacted, what the price of stuff is, sure. who I need to contact or what, um, it, it's, it's in, it's crazy. Like I would have never thought that that would have been me uh, until this. And now all of a sudden I am, like I said, I'm organized. I know exactly when we need to contact people for certain things, who we need to contact, where it needs to go, when, uh, and then exactly where stuff needs to go to hopefully make everything work well. Yeah. It's weird. Weird. I, gosh, I have so much to say and ask. Um, I, have uh, but first i'm going to ask a question did you and i know that we are virgos like did we have that conversation uh we've not i've seen you post it though yeah so that's on the, on the facebooks i um i deeply appreciate when you said uh when you use the word organized an organization in the same sentence as Virgo and have it not be your characteristic. Um, because I am the same way. I am definitely a Virgo. I'm an early Virgo and I am not organized in that sense, but I think, and I want to know if this is the case for you. I a acknowledge that so I'm a little softer on myself knowing that it's not a characteristic um, and I can try to, to turn that ship around. But in, in the same vein, I almost feel like I have a different level of organization when it comes to things outside of my day job because I have an extra passion that's invested into that do you think that might be where what separates like your night and day so to speak probably yeah probably yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past it um yeah i mean that sounds that sounds accurate i mean if someone, <laughs> you know if someone said to you all right bert i have this amazing proposition for you i want you to race direct full time, you know, I'm I'm giving you the the keys to the castle. This is yours. All these resources are yours. Materials, what have you. It pays the same as your current 
job at Verizon. Would you keep your job at Verizon and then maintain your on the side hustle for lack of a better word? Or would you drop Verizon like a hot potato and go into this full time? Hmm. Uh, I'd probably drop Verizon. Yes. <laughs> I mean, me too. And I'm not even employed there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's nothing, you know, like, no, I don't want anybody to be like, oh, what's something drama in Verizon? I love the, I love Verizon. I love the company. They, they are an amazing company. Uh, um, I, I, I so want to I, I absolutely love what I do. I like, I absolutely love it, but yeah, yes, I would leave an RB. <laughs> I do. I, I do want to say I, I wrote this down because um, I've had an opportunity to watch some videos um, online over the past couple of months. And um, I agree with you that Verizon is a solid um, company. I, you know, Hans Vestberg, who's the CEO, seems to be an incredible person who is supportive all the way around. And in my mind, the things that he's saying, the information he's sharing and what he is kind of holding himself in the company responsible for is just honestly unbelievable. Like, that's super, super cool. I agree. It's a, it's a, he makes it so that it's, it would be hard to leave because of all of the good stuff that Verizon is doing. Um, and all of the good stuff, you know, like the, all of the citizen projects and all of that stuff, right? Like it's, it's holy moly. Like there's a, the, just all of the social aspects of what the company values and, and the vision that he has is it, it is it, it is infectious it's it, you know like i'm so proud to work at verizon and, and be like this is amazing um so that definitely would be hard for sure yeah i'm just so happy that there are companies like that being led by people like hans really really cool it it absolutely warms my heart um Yep. Now you just, okay, let's let's talk about you as as an individual. So now now Bert is grounded because Bert's not permitted to travel because thanks COVID. And you yeah. kind of shifted your life a lot and spent more time, you know, understandably so, at home in your area. Like how did that if at all, improve your personal, you know, health and well-being, and moving on to spin up some virtual races to keep people engaged and motivated. Yeah. So the first, <laughs> so it's it's hard because it's right. We want to keep ourselves motivated as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's not forget so about we, us. Too. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to co-direct, uh, the two races I took over from my friend and one of them was in March. So we had to cancel that one early, um, on in the whole COVID world. Uh, and so that was disappointing because I was really looking forward to that one. And then as we moved further along with, uh, 
with all of this, the serpent became, you know, our triathlon at the end of May became in jeopardy. And then two weeks later we had the other running race. Um, so everything was early, early, early. And, uh, so that was tough, right? It was tough because it was the unknown. It was how long do you wait to cancel before you cancel, um, to be fair to people, you know, and at that point, I think it was still relatively new that, that no one knew kind of what to do. So there yeah. wasn't any precedence, you know, now I think there's a, pre- there's, I, I don't want to say there is a precedence, but I think that, I think there kind of is, um, you know, and, and the virtual thing wasn't a big deal at that point, right? It was like, oh yeah, there's like that one company that, that does one, you know, yeah. that does virtual and, you know, I don't know, I've done a couple, like I, I know I, I convinced friends and family to do all that, you know, like once or twice. Cause like it was a, the one was like a, um, skeleton metal and, and it was cool. And we were like, sweet, let's do it. Absolutely. Um, you know, we all got together and ran at that, you know, on one day. So that and then took pictures with the medals and said, Hey, look, here we are. But it wasn't anything serious. Right. Cause it was like, okay, okay, okay. Like this was just a fun, like get together. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't serious. Um, cause the real race is going to happen like two weeks from now. Right. We're going to be outside with a whole, with thousands of people. It's gonna be yeah. We're going to be hugging and high-fiving. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden it turned. And so our first one was really, really good. We did one, um, you know, we did one around, uh, Cinco de Mayo and, uh, Oh, I know. Yeah, and it was good. Um, we called it the Cinco de Duo, so we did a duathlon as opposed to Cinco de Mayo. Um, no, it was great, and you dressed up as a pinata. We did, we did. <laughs> um, so the pinata was good, um, and it was uh, everybody loved that darn pinata. Um, and then the proceeds were going; part of the proceeds were going towards uh, the American Nurses uh, COVID nineteen fund. And so I think we got a lot of, you know, I think we got a lot of um, engagement there, uh, yeah. especially for us, right? We're small. It's, you know, like our Facebook page is only 260 people. So it's not a, you know, we're not Iron Man. We're not, you know, some of the bigger Rev 3s. We're not even some of the local bigger companies. You know, there's a local company here that score this and they have, you know, thousands of people. Yeah. Um, you know, we're teeny tiny. So, you know, we had like 90 that first one and it was like, sweet, maybe this is something we could do. This is great. Um, and then, uh, and that really helped because a lot of people were engaged. A lot of people were uh, excited. We were, had them post pictures and, you know, do a whole bunch of stuff. And it was great. We we're like, all right, this is good. Like, let's do this one. And then we'll think of the next one, um, which was probably a mistake. Okay. Because during that one, we probably should have been thinking about the next one already <laughs> because everybody was thinking about it. Right. So yeah. it was, everybody was starting to do virtual and, and pick that up. And so we came up with a really cool idea. Um, what we thought was a cool idea, right. Cause everybody was just doing like, Hey, run across New York or run across Tennessee or run across yep. California or whatever it was. And so we decided to do uh, a road trip across New York state. Right. I saw that. That was very cool. Yeah. So we tried to get, we tried, uh, you know, to make it more real by saying, Hey, not only are we going to stop at all these places, but we're actually going to give you a real life scenario, like race course. Yeah. So we went into Strava and looked up race, you know, like bike segments and run segments and 
you know, the swimming's obviously, you know, what that one's a little easier because it's, hey, look, yeah, go swim 800 yards or whatever sure. it is. So, sure, sure. You know, there, there it was, right? There it was a little different because it was like, yeah, yeah, just go swim. Yeah, um, exactly. The bike course, there actually is, there actually is a live Strava bike course that is listed out for each one. Uh, same thing with the run. There's an actual run in the city um, that we were in. So like our first one was, uh, I think the first one was Cooperstown. And that one, you know, like you, now you can go into Cooperstown and plug in Strava and do the Cooperstown uh, bike course. Um, that one did not go so well uh, and is not going so well. That So that one still is going. Uh, we have, you can still sign up the, till the end of July, so the end of this week. Um, but that one did not go so, <laughs> that, that one did not go so well. And I think some of that was because it was, we launched it, uh, I think, one or two weeks too late. Okay. And that's what I mean when I said we should have been thinking about this one already before Cinco de Duo was done, because um, I think we launched it a little too late, and so we missed the boat. And so that's why I don't think that one uh, did so well. And now I think everybody's just burned out on virtual. <laughs> right. Personally. Well, you know, like, all right, well, I did, a, I did a few. This was fun. And I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, I think that, and there's a couple different flavors of what those virtual races look like. Um, you know, there were already big time um, races, you know, triathlon and, and marathons that um, all got canceled and decided to say, we're going to keep your money, <laughs> but we'll give you this virtual option. Just send all the flag anyway. So, um, yeah, and that was, you know, obviously prime time for anyone to, um, you know, make some choices out there. Right. Agreed. And we, you know, the serpent, we were going to do that with the serpent. We were going to try to do like a virtual, but, um, you know, and again, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't set up. There was no norm at that point. Right. So it was, um, we got a, a few people that, uh, complained about that because we didn't go virtual, right. We did, you know, we did have to put deposits down. We did, we did have to spend some money. Sure. Um, and luckily, luckily, the people that I deal with are, are generally friends. So, you know, they didn't, they were more than happy to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll just roll it over to next year, you know, and that'll be fine. Um, so we've been lucky, but we didn't offer any refunds. We, we did offer um, the deferment for this year to coming up 2021 and out to 2022 uh, to try to make it fair. Uh, for everybody, um, so that hopefully they could join us at some point. Um, yeah, we did get one or two that you know that didn't you know that were like, hey, I really want my refund. Um, but we had to, you know, it's it's hard. It was hard. It was a, it was a tough decision. You know, I I mean, I'm a racer, so I get it, right? Like I I totally understand, and I tried to, you know, we tried to. It seemed like the ones that were communicating well and that had communicated well, which is something that. Um, one of my mentors told me was always communicate. If that's what you're going to do, then communicate yep. and do it well. Um, and so I, I've tried to do that throughout this race directing piece and, you know, let people know, Hey, this is what's happening. This is what my thinking is. You know, here's how, you know, here's how we got to that process. You know, it wasn't a decision that I just made yesterday. It was a two and a half month decision of going back and forth and, you know, asking other triathletes what they thought was fair and, and how that would work and what that was. And, um, you know, and, and once, once we told everybody that it was, it seemed to calm that down a little bit. Um, 
with a, with those couple folks that had the problem. Yeah, um, I shouldn't say even a problem that had a, that had a challenge with us not giving refunds. You know, you it, know was, it was it was good. I I value everything that you're saying. I think it's important for you know to in order to, to, to be the best, whatever it is, appreciating the other side of it. So remembering, you know, what it would be like from the athlete's perspective and then doing a, a poll of the audience is uh, just, in my opinion, really responsible. Uh, and, and on the flip side, I have had an opportunity to be on a couple different uh, race planning committees and, you know, it, it's, it's not easy to, to orchestrate anything. If you have big races um, even, even big on, on a local level, there's still big races from a logistics perspective. Um, you know, planning that stuff out a year in advance is not unheard of. And, um, I, I don't think that there are enough athletes that have a, uh, just value that, that perspective. It, it takes a lot to put on a show and some of that show is dependent upon the money that you've already paid to not yet participate. Yeah, it's um, it's yeah. it's tough. So I I value your your diligence on that. <laughs> yeah, we tr we try. I mean, that was like I said, it was uh, uh, Delmo Sports, believe it or not, Steve. Delmo okay, Steve, yeah. Um, was the one that's yeah, the one that was the guy was the gentleman that said it right. He was he's been gracious enough to help. I've had a lot of good help, um, but he was one of the first ones that was like, listen, just make it like whatever you decide you're going to be really good at do be really good at that because that will define everything that you're going to do as a race director. Um, yeah. And that was one of the things was the communication, right? I was like, no, I think, I think we can communicate. You know, he's like, if you're going to communicate, then do it, put out videos, put out Facebook posts, do it, send out emails. I don't, it doesn't matter that you send out 3000 emails a day, do it. Yep. Um, and so that's kind of one of the things that stuck. I think that's because um, yeah, they have some good people. Well, he's been great. I, uh, Eva Solomon has been great out in Michigan from Epic Sports. Not the name drop or anything, but um, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, I'm not going to tag them in a social really media post at all. Wink, wink. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but they've been great. They've been. I mean, if they've been great with bouncing ideas and all that type of stuff, even even the local guys here who. Um, you know, this, they're score this guys that do our, they do our timing, but they're kind of a competitor, right? I mean, we're all trying yeah. to get the same dollars. Um, but Rich and Bob from score, this has been great too. Like anytime I have a question, you know, I can send Rich an email or a, a quick Facebook text and he's like, oh yeah, I would do it this way. Um, you know, I think, I think that, everybody just wants to see the sport do well. I, I was just going to say that. I think that um, there is what's more important isn't, um, you know, attracting the other's athletes and, and staying in competition. I think the, the foundation is we want to see this be successful for everybody so that it's, you know, something that everybody else can, can participate in and, and have a good time. It's really about community and that's really, really great to hear. That type of um, environment where um, where I live is uh, is lacking. There are silos in terms of um, triathlon coaches. 
And it doesn't seem like there is an open collaboration because everyone's just trying to corner their quote unquote market share of the community. And the reality is in the grand scheme of things, it's the same frigging people <laughs> that we've known about for years and they're just going to stay loyal. We're all just, you know, staying in our own little bubbles and we're not looking to join forces or give, you know, the other one coach props for something. It's a very um, elite type of quick um, ecosystem over here. It's, it's tough. Yeah. See that. And that's not good. Right. We were, and we were like that here for a while in Rochester. Um, you know, like the clubs were never together. The clubs never did anything together. And it was like, why are we not? Like, why Why aren't we doing stuff together? Why? I mean, just because you have something that's on a Tuesday and I have something that's on a Thursday doesn't mean like I shouldn't be able to, I can't show up to your thing on Tuesday and you can't show up to my thing on Thursday, right? Like we're all yeah. in the same sport. And guess what? Well, to your point. I'm going to see you on Sunday anyway at the race. So <laughs> why are we having, why aren't we just having one big, how, you know, why aren't we having just one big party where everybody is doing that? You can still keep your own and, and have your little circle, but yeah. expand that circle out to include some other people. Yeah. I want it to look like a Venn diagram. <laughs> I just, I want to be in the middle circle sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Sure. So how did, how, I mean, I don't know if you were a part of this, but um, how was anyone able to kind of change the culture of the tri clubs in Rochester? Uh, I, you know, I think it's the it, we're still in we're still in it now. Um, okay. You know, I don't think we're quite there yet. Um, but I think you know, it, it's very similar to to me at least the race director side of the house where you know where like the score of this is helping me and i can bounce ideas off them right like they never i mean again we're in competition so we're, we are you know there are some things that clearly we're not talking about um but i think it's the same thing right i think it's the same that same mentality of listen the end goal is to grow the sport whatever yeah. it is right like whether it's running whether it's you know whether it's triathloning whether it's whatever you know, we're all trying to grow the sport. So that always has to be the, the end goal. And so that's what I think everybody's end goal is um, out there. And we're starting to get it right. The, the bigger club here is, is um, has some new leadership and, and they are about connecting and, and Hey, you know, we have Tuesdays, I think they have Tuesday, Thursday and Sunday uh, training things. And, you know, we just got an email that said, Hey, you know, come hang out with us on Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Yeah. Um, and cool. let us know when yours are so that we can, you know, that we can join you guys whenever those happen. Um, yeah, that's so great. I think, I think it's, yeah, it's it's good, um, you know, because I think you're right. I think it does get in a silo of, oh, I can only hang out on Mondays and Thursdays because that's when my club does it. And, I, you know, that's not, that's not helping the sport at all. <laughs> You know, well, it, it's funny. It, it's in my opinion, um, and I'm only speaking for myself in the area, of course. Um, but it's more cutthroat <laughs> than that here. Um, mm. I think there's a little bit of shaming involved, um, especially if you switch from you know one club to another um, or one coach uh, to another coach, and um, 
you know, like I have, I have a race kit from one tri club and I have a water bottle from another. And, um, I, I'm always, I, I'm, I'm mindful of it. I, I preview the situation. My own implicit bias is I'm going to be judged for that water bottle or I'm going to be judged for oh. wearing that kit. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, but see, that sucks. That, that shouldn't be, <laughs> sucks. Yeah. That shouldn't be how it is. Yeah, you know, I mean, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm fully goal? emerging out of that, which is, which is good, but not everyone will, will follow yeah. suit. No, definitely not. I'm too, I'm too old. It has to be right. <laughs> right. The drama. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. I have no time for that. No. So, and that honestly, that's why Wolfpack is, uh, when I started it, it was a, it was going to be, and, and I shouldn't say I, cause it was originally it was three friends. Uh, one friend has chosen not to continue with doing this, um, and focus on family, which is a okay. That's um, great. And so then we took it and kind of ran with it. Um, and so it's, uh, I forget what I was saying now. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. you could say, um, you know, the thing about, about Wolfpack, yeah. Yeah, I don't even remember. That's totally good. Uh, we're not cutthroat. It's not, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe it'll come back. But I think you're talking about the cutthroat piece of it. And, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, yeah. I wish we could get through that, but it's, and I can tell you, USAT is not like that at all. Uh, yeah, I, I am. Often. Yeah, I talk to them often. I talk to Rocky a bunch uh, through He's email. So great. He's so great. He's so great. That are in there. Yeah, and and they're just you know like he he gets it. It's the sport started to dip a little, and he realized that, and they are they are doing so much to try and get to be more inclusive and to be more supportive of, no, it shouldn't be a club versus club versus club yep. cutthroat to your point, the cutthroat piece. It should be, yeah, like you can have, you can, you can still be in your club and make it fun and have a competition, but it shouldn't be cutthroat. It should be, listen, we're all doing the same thing. Like, yeah, who cares that you're, on this, or you're on this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, most of us. I mean, most of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. I, it's like that shirt. Why? Why suck at one sport when you can suck at three? Yay! Yeah. I mean, yay! Oh my gosh! I found like a place for me where I'm most comfortable. Um, <laughs> you, you had mentioned when um, we were talking about just you know clubs in general and the the underlying um, you know message really is. We want people to participate. We want people to enjoy this. There's a sense of community. Um, you know, can't we all just, you know, move forward that way? Um, and I know that triathlon is primarily a white male sport. Um, I know the women are, are up and coming, like the numbers are sh certainly shifting. Um, it, positively in that um, respect, but there's a heavy price tag regardless of, you know, who you are at the end of the day um, to participate. It, and, and if we're going to be more inclusive, um, we have to make a shift there, but ha that's a, I mean, the domino effect of all the other, you know, the, the industry in itself is absolutely incredible. Like those, 
<laughs> those dominoes fall like Stonehenge. There's such a rippling effect. Yeah. I would agree. And that's what, uh, that's what we're trying to, right. I mean, I think that's what, uh, Rocky is really trying to do. And that's what he, you know, just talking to him and I, again, not to name drop, but just talking to him gets me excited because he is so dedicated to what, what the sport is and, and that exact thing, that exact piece of, listen, the numbers aren't even right. It's, it's, mo it mostly is male dominated. Yep. It's mostly white male dominated. So how then do we turn that around to say, and, and I think you're right. I think the, I think the women's side of the house is, has been increasing and they're doing a lot of good things to try and do that, um, to change that. Right. I know our race was, um, the serpent was, I think it was 57 male, which would put it at what? 43 female. Percentage yeah. Wise that's great. Ish. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was a good, it was a good number to see. Obviously I would, right. We would, we always wanted to be right, uh, equal, but you know, I think that was good because it was, you know, I think it was over the percentage at that point, uh, of, of what the, what the average race was. So that I felt good about that. Yeah, no, that's, um, those are great numbers. Yeah. So we're trying to, you know, I think we're trying to do that. And I know the coach that we're bringing on is, um, her name is Laura Beth. So, you know, I'm trying, we're trying that, you know, it, it, I think we're seeing more and more women in the sport and I think that's great. And then to that, even further to your point of the, the money side of the house is um, her big idea and where we've kind of settled in on is we don't have any focus on youth around here in Rochester. Yeah. Um, and we specifically don't have a focus on uh, inner city youth. So the plan is going to be focused heavily on the inner city kids. Oh, can don't I have the ability? Yes. So I am going to share with you outside of here, um, a contact, um, Dr. Takima Dorsey. I've shared some of her, um, Instagram posts. Uh, she is the CEO of, um, IABT, the International Association for Black Triathletes um, in the Baltimore, Maryland area. Um, she runs this, I mean, ph phenomenal, um, you know, club in the inner city to, to reach those kids that, you know, otherwise wouldn't be picked up by, you know, a tri club in my neighborhood. Um, but yeah, I'm going to send you her contact information because she's looking to share out her um, her plan and how she developed everything with other inner city, um, you know, points of contact around the United States. So yeah, that's a little sidebar we can have. Cool. Yeah, I know that was the that was the big piece for us. That's because, huge. You know, we were kind of going. Yeah, we were kind of going through thinking like, hey, what is the you know, like we have a whole bunch of adult tri clubs, but what happens, you know, where are the, where are all the youth? <laughs> and it was like, yeah, where are all the youth? And more specifically, where is all of the, right? Where's all of the inner city youth sure. that, you know, could possibly benefit and, and how do we make a difference, uh, to do this? Right. That's the, I mean, if you're not doing that, then what, I, I don't know, I guess, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, in my mind, <laughs> I agree with you. 
they are um, our future. It sounds so cheesy, but and you know you hear it a million times, but but that is the reality. Why wouldn't you want to invest your resources into these youth? Um, because you know they're going to be the ones that a have to carry you know this forward, whatever this is. And um, they're going to be supporting us as we make our transition to wherever that may be. Yep. Yeah, the kids are the kids are doing it. wholeheartedly, and and we're just not, you know, that's building the pipeline, and and so you do have the the lifelong uh, athletes, um, and that's you know I think that's where you gotta. We got to focus. I can tell you, my son is one hundred percent my little athlete, and he is—he loves to bike. He loves to run. Um, you know, my daughter just started to feel comfortable in the water, so she is—you know—maybe she'll be a swimmer. Um, she doesn't necessarily like to run, so I don't think she'll be. Maybe she'll be an aqua biker. Um, I was going to say, or or a relay <laughs> team member, right? Yeah, yeah, she is, uh, but. And, and, you know, she's a dancer, so she prefers to dance. Um, so she'll be my athlete as well, just a different type of athlete. But, uh, you know, they see me doing this and, and that to hear them say like, hey, let's go out for a bike rider. I want to go for a bike rider. I want to go for a run. I mean, to the point where they did the virtual duathlon. That's they, very cool. You know, they did that race. So, yeah, like to see them do that stuff is is the stuff that we want to do and that's the that's how we build it right that's how you build the the sport in any sport right yep. I mean, anything has got to be those youth yeah i agree with you um i think it's really great everything that's going on do you have any questions for me it's not like it's not it's not like your daughter dancing on instagram or anything oh my gosh you know, know. i don't you know. <laughs> She is, I, so I have, I have two daughters, um, my youngest one, she's nine and she is me, but the attitude is current me. I was not like her when I was younger. My oldest, who's a lot more reserved and, you know, contemplative, like that was a little bit more me. I was not all that sassy when I was younger. I just developed it. It's a, it's a it's a skill that I've been honing for years. I love it. I love it. Yeah, my daughter is definitely sassy. There are times where I'm like, "How are you only eight? Because I don't know what is going to happen in four years when you have four more years of sassiness." Well, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's going to try your patience. Yeah, but I mean, you already know that. Kinda. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll see. It just might turn into a lot more bike rides and running. <laughs> I think it's Dad, cool. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so I thought your pool swim today was only a mile. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, it actually turned into four. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, it looks like I don't know based on those numbers. Uh, so is Garmin back up and running? Do we know this? Is what? Is Garmin back up and running? Are we? Do we know this yet? It is. It oh, is. fun. Yep. Yeah, it happened uh, slowly this morning into this afternoon. Got it. Because yeah, as a, I think it was, I was on a conference call and all of a sudden my watch was going crazy and I was like, what's happening? And it, it had uploaded everything from the past like three or four days. I was wow. like, oh, oh, finally Garmin got up. 
Yeah, it was really interesting to um, hear and read about some people just going absolute bananas that they weren't able to upload workouts. I was like, yeah. chill out, man. This is kind of like the space between. Yeah. You can kind of not do anything if you really wanted to, and it'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no, they were, were fine. No. It's good. Nope. I saw a lot of funny posts about that. Yeah, me too. So I was like, listen, did you go? I was like, did you go out and do it? And they were like, yeah, then that's all you need to know. Why do you, why do you need to post it somewhere? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to look at it as well later and go back and check it out. So I, I appreciate being able to have the access to it. But at the same time, like, I know I did. I know I did my two hour bike ride on Saturday. I'm not. A, we're good. Yeah, I'm not going to get bent about it. It's totally fine. Yep, yep. Questions for you? Yeah, do you have any questions for me? No. Good. I know, right? I know. So talk to us about this, uh, about all the stuff that you're doing. What are you doing? What am I doing? You you know, I am trying to read all the books um, not all of them are, are school related books, but I've, you know, I'm reading this book called breathe. And of course, because I don't have it in front of me, I can't remember the name of the author, but he was on the rich roll podcast talking about, um, you know, the importance of breath and, you know, a lot of the things that he was saying, I'm like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I, I knew that I knew that I knew that. But as he continued to talk, I'm like, Holy shit, I didn't know any of those things. Um, so I, I bought the book. I'm a quarter of the way through, um, I'm going to use it to, you know, supplement my own breathing practice and, you know, use it in my yoga and, you know, use it um, on in my, you know, little training endeavors. So I've been really focused on breathing through my nose um, as much as I can, even when I'm working really hard. So for about two weeks, I've every run I've done, I've I've done uh, breathing through my nose. So that's a that's really? a fun exercise. Yeah. I mean, yes, yes. I'm a, huh. a very good nose breather um, independently. And then once you add, um, you know, any sort of activity to it, like aerobic activity, it's, I'm not as challenged, I think, as other people who might not be used to uh, nasal breathing. Interesting. Because yeah, I'm the same really, way. I breathe through. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I breathe through my nose almost all the time. No, no, no. I, that's just interesting because I do, like most of the time I do breathe through my nose, but then when I'm working out, I definitely do not breathe through my nose. Yeah. And at all. there's, uh, there, I mean, the book is just really incredible. Uh, try it. Uh, try it next time. See how you feel. See if you can run one mile without breathing through your mouth. I'll probably die. I think, I think, I think reflexively your mouth <laughs> open before you would die, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. I mean, next time when you see something that says, look, I passed out on this run because of you. Then yeah. You'll know. <laughs> oh, okay. Great. Just don't forget to tag me in it. I'm definitely going to. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll share it along. Um, I'm also right, taking yeah. I'm, I'm taking a diversity class um, for my uh, grad school program. The timing honestly was not planned, but so um, unbelievably aligned with everything that's going on. Uh, so that class is really challenging me. Um, 
it's more of, you know, an, an intellectual challenge without, you know, it's not, it's reading heavy, but I'm not challenged by what I'm reading. I'm challenged by how I need to apply it to my discussion posts and my papers. And yeah, it's really, uh, mm. it's really neat to be challenged that way. I bet. And especially, yeah, you're right. The timing is, uh, couldn't be better. It's, it's really interesting. And I don't know. I, I mean, there's, I have a million things going on, Bert, just like you, a million things. <laughs> I know. I know. The diversity one's interesting. Uh, I tried to, I try to stay out of a lot of that because, and it's hard because um, I am a minority. So people are uh, quick to assume things. So I've, I've been trying not to get involved uh, as much and then vice versa. It's, I had a good friend in high school who was like, you know, I was reverse, I was reverse, uh, um, racist. And I was like, what, tell me more about that. And he's like, well, well I went to this school, which is predominantly black and he was the only white person. So he was like, so I got it all the time. And I was like, you're right. You don't think about that all the time. And you're pro you probably did because this particular school, uh, was known for, um, not being the nicest. And especially if he was, a, if he was in the minority, yeah, probably had some similar experiences. So it was a good, we had a good conversation offline about it. Um, and it, and it helped me realize like, yeah, like what, you know, like being a minority is definitely harder. I get it. Right. Like I, clearly. Um, and, but there are other times where people have been that, but I think the conversation was good because it was, you know, he, he realized that, listen, it was everyday life for me versus just school life for him. So it wasn't that it was a diminish of his experiences yeah. or mine. It was just a realization of, you know, he was like, you got that at Aquinas at our, oops, sorry, I said school. I should have probably said that, um, you know, at, at high school. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, man. And he was like, see, I would have never known. I never knew that. Yeah. And I was like, right. See, that's the, like, you got it in one little instance and that, you know, like, again, it's not, I get it. It's, that was your experience, but this is what it is all of the time for someone who is dark skinned. Yeah. And he was like, I would have never, I would have never known or never thought about it like this, that it was a whole, that it was that much. And I was like, right. That's the, that's the problem. Well, what's important about the story I mean, one of the most important points about the story is that you were able to have a conversation, period. Because I think one of our biggest problems, and, you know, there, obviously there's thousands, but one of our biggest problems as, you know, human beings is that we don't communicate. And communication is more than just opening your mouth and blabbing. It's, yep. it's listening and then it's taking that information and processing in a, you know, respectful way to respond if a response is warranted. But, you know, you guys were able to have a conversation and then understand where either party was coming from and then come to some sort of, I guess, resolution for, for lack of a better word for the outcome. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was probably one of the best 
conversations I've had. That's really special. It was. And I think he'd felt that too, because he was like, man, we should hang out more. I yeah. Was like, yeah, we should. <laughs> like, we, we definitely should. Yeah. Um, so obviously we still haven't because of the COVID thing, but. Oh, uh, sure. Right. Yeah. That thing. <laughs> silliness. I know. Because, um, yeah, it is, right? We try, you try to keep your circle really, really teeny tiny. Yeah. That, and that's so. <laughs> kind of counterproductive to what we're trying to do. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, don't hang out with anybody. But hey, we're going to put on a race for you. Yeah. Also, <laughs> we need you all to get along. <laughs> we need right, you to put more right. people in the circle. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. But not right now, because yeah. now you can't. Yeah, exactly. So do your best to make connections. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Do you have, uh, I'm just going to wrap this up. Um, for you, because I'm sure you need to eat or like take your contacts out and lay on the couch for a little bit. Um, do you have any races of your own that are scheduled and still potentially on until they actually send the email to say it's canceled? Yeah, we have one uh, duathlon uh, September 5th. Bummer. And it is, uh, as of right now, it is on. Sure. Um, but I'm just waiting for the, if Cuomo doesn't, uh, increase the gathering size, it's yeah. um, we're still stuck. I think we're still, I shouldn't say stuck, but we're still, uh, I'm going to say, we are, uh, we're stuck at 50 or less. Um, okay. Wow. That's a small number. For, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, and that one is cool because it's uh, in Watkins Glen on the racetrack. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. So they have a speedway down there where they, they have some big races and uh, they open it up for them for one day. And we set up transition in the pits and then you run, uh, you bike around the track uh, a couple times and then you run through the uh, pit area. Oh, that is cool. Um, it's a good race. Really good. Yeah. That really sounds good fun. Race. So I hope it stays. Yeah. I hope it stays, but not hopeful. <laughs> As with everything, not hopeful. Yeah. That's a, a tough spot to be in. I am like, I would love for races to not be canceled, but on the flip side, if they weren't canceled, I don't know how I would feel about actually going. Um, I'm, I've already made up my mind that, um, if Ironman North Carolina 70.3 is not canceled, I'm actually not going to go. I'm not real comfortable mm -hmm. with the volume of people anyway, regardless of, you know, what someone's guidelines are. And I'm not going to drive all that way to be yep. uncomfortable um, in a public setting away from home. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think that's the Ironman problem I, I shouldn't oh say my that. god That's no it is this right? problem I'll, I'll take the word <laughs> no because right like uh, like our races i mean like my like my races are all local right so it's yeah you know everybody's coming from new york everybody is is in new york state i mean yeah we might get the you know we might get one or two from out of state but you know there's like two or three yep iron man everybody you know like a good chunk of people are coming in from out of state for these races and that's 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 what puts them in jeopardy so much is 
you know, you can't have people from 13 different states where half of them have, you know, the cases are still increasing. Yeah. Um, and that's the, that's the challenge for them, you know, for those big races is, you know, that they just can't get around it. You know, like, like I said, we can get around it because it's, Hey, look at, you know, I'm only pulling from Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse, Southern tier. And we're all, you know, we're all in phase four. We're all doing really good in those areas. So yeah. hey, come on out. Let's have a fun race. Yep, absolutely. So, well, I mean, at least you made your mind up already, so that's good. Yeah, and I'm um, still holding on. You know, it's 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 funny because that race is so special to me, and I've never been there. I was registered for it uh, two years ago, and the hurricane canceled it. So I, <laughs> yeah. So actually, I, I John found a. 70.3 in Tennessee that same weekend, non like an off brand one. And uh, we drove to Tennessee instead and I did my 70.3 out there. And I, I deferred to Virginia, you know, however many months later. And yeah, that's what I wound up doing last year. Um, I was hoping for North Carolina this year, but whatever, I'll just do it next year. <laughs> yeah hopefully we'll be uh we'll be out of this i saw that they were trying phase three trials starting today so oh boy fingers um, crossed yeah it seemed that from again it's all right it's all i'm just reading stuff but it sounds like uh the first couple trials did really well so um hopefully hopefully we'll be in a good place for next year i hope so too and we'll all be stronger we need to continue to use this uh, opportunity to hone some of our weaker skills. And um, yeah, I think with every disappointment or, or failure or, or whatever, if it's an injury, there are other things that we need to be working on. In my mind, I see that as, as a sign. It's a sign that you need to work on you know, another weakness and, we all should be working really hard right now. Still we're training for life and we'll, we'll, we'll all qualify for Boston next year. <laughs> uh, no. Nope. Not happening. Uh, yeah, maybe not. Not yeah. the way my running has been going. <laughs> um, I've given up in, in the most positive way. I'm fine. I don't, I don't need a, a race to validate me as an athlete. Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The fact that you're still out there doing stuff is is uh, means you're an athlete. I, I have that conversation all the time. I'm not, you know, I'm not like you guys. You don't have to be like me, guys. I, like, I, I know we're crazy if you're still going out and doing like three hour bike rides and you know seven mile, eight mile runs. I got it. But guess what? You're still out there. You're, did you ride an hour today? Yep. Then you're an athlete. Did Absolutely. You ride, did yeah. You ride a mile? Yep. You're an athlete. Yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, thank you cool. so much for your right. time. Thanks for having, having me. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. I will. Um, I'll give you a heads up when this is ready to rock and roll and it'll be sometime this week and I'll share it and you can cool. share it and yeah, that'd be great. Cool. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You too. All right, bye. Hope you guys enjoyed that podcast with Bert. Had a fun time. I hope he did too. 
check out the show notes for all your details. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for listening to the Swims Cancelled Podcast. Download, subscribe, share on Apple Podcasts and Podbean. Namaste.